Great. Well, good morning, everybody. It's an absolute privilege for me to be sharing the word of God with you this morning. Uh, I do want to say thank you just to the elders here, to Mark and Karen, listen to Andy. We are coming to you from your building here in Erie. And uh, pretty strange being in this beautiful facility and not having any people, but we understand these are the times we're living in right now. And uh, we hope they can trust you very soon that things will change and we'll be able to get back together. But thank you for the opportunity. And I um, trust that you who are listening and watching are feeling encouraged despite what we're facing right now. I trust that you stay safe. I'm sure you're getting a bit stir-crazy as I am and desperate to get out. Uh, but we trust you very soon that will change and things will begin to lift. Uh, but in spite of all that, we know that God is in absolute control. And again, I trust this morning just what I share with you will encourage you as much as it's encouraged me. It's probably one of those incredibly helpful texts that we're going to look at this morning. Uh, probably one of my defaults that has kind of kicked in more and more uh, texts that I've been looking at since this whole coronavirus broke and we've all been kind of trying to find our way in it. So I'm going to ask you please to turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter. And while you're turning there, I, I want to make some comments if I can. As I said, we already, as I already said to you, we're coming to you live, well, not quite live, tomorrow will be live, but we're coming to you from this building, your facility here. And we're longing to see this building full with people again. And the question is, when will that happen? Can that happen? Is it going to happen? Uh, and that's kind of some of the questions we're all asking. When will this, uh, is this lockdown be lifted, different regions, different places? What's it going to look like? Uh, when it does happen, uh, these stages that we're hearing about, it's causing huge uncertainty. It's, it's, it's getting us all to be asking these questions. Um, so many unknowns in this season. So many uncertainties. So many things changing. And uh, the reality is, friends, we don't like change and we don't like uncertainty. Because if we're honest, we like to be in control. We like to know. We like to be in the know. And I think that's just the way we've been created. I don't think it's wrong, but I do think in times of uncertainty, I think we've got to know what is certain, what is guaranteed, what won't change, regardless of how we go forward in this. And so that's kind of what I want to share this morning, that while there's so many unknowns, and I have the same questions as many of you, I'm certainly over this, I'm ready to go, I want to go, is it going to be, am I going to be able to travel again, when can I travel again, what does travel even look like? When do we meet as a church? Again, some of those realities, when do people get to work again? Do they even have jobs? And those are realities and serious questions. But in all the uncertainty, I want to share this morning around the truth. What we do know is unchanging, will not change, cannot change. And I think it's incredibly important for us as followers of Jesus to understand that in good times and bad times, it's not just the truth for bad times. It's a truth for all time, but certainly for now. I want to encourage you to give you fresh faith again from Scripture of what will never change, regardless of what it looks like coming out of this, regardless of what the next thing will be, regardless of the great season we'll find ourselves in again. I'm sure we will get together. I'm sure things will open up. But I want to tell you what's never going to change and what's going to give us courage and faith in these times. And so that's what I want to talk about. The certainty, even in the uncertain. And... Um, you know, there's a great song that's just come out, and many guys are singing a Christian song, which is awesome. And it said, The God of the mountains is still the God of the valley. Yeah. And I love that, that, that line that God is still God in, on the mountain, but He's also God in the valley. He's always God, He never changes. We change, things change, but God is still God. 
and is in absolute control. Our surety in a time of shaking. This is a time of shaking, and many people have been questioning a whole lot of things, but there's a surety in this time of shaking that we need to come back to. And I've often said uh, the most revealing thing about the church, or the most revealing thing about being followers of Jesus, can I say the most revealing thing about this church, Impact Rock, you guys, is what it is you say about Jesus, what you believe about Jesus. Well, our message today is more important than ever, what we say about Jesus, of who He really is, but also what we left unsaid is also probably true to revealing who we really are. And I wonder what's true with this truth today, what we would say about Jesus today. Not what have we heard, not what we're being taught, not what have the preachers been saying. What do you say about Jesus Christ? That's the most revealing thing. And I've been surprised, if I can be honest, maybe a little bit shocked by some of the response of even Christians today in the unknown, throwing their hands up in the air and saying, where's God? Is God still real? Is God still around? And, and again, I understand some of the challenges we're facing, but to question whether God is real when we go through some of these downtimes, friends, is very kind of revealing to what we actually believe. And I think this is the time to come back to the revelation of what we truly believe. In Christ, we are everything. Without Christ, we have nothing. And I, I wonder if that's becoming true and true for you. And, and so again, I just want to say, we many people, as A.W. Tozer said this, he said, too many people profess, uh, uh, too many professed believers talk as if Christ were real. And then they act like He were not. We, we talk like He's real, but we act like He's not. And this is a time to talk like He's real because He is real, yeah. and to act yeah. like He's real because He is real, That's right. even in lockdown with coronavirus. So here in Hebrews chapter 13, and I'm going to just for time's sake pick up in verse 5. If I can encourage you to read the whole verse, the whole text, the whole chapter, and, and maybe be bold enough to say, read the whole book of Hebrews, because I think there's such good truth in there for us right here, right now. But also to understand what it is that God has called us to. In Hebrews 13 verse 5 it says, Keep yourselves or your lives free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. Because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That's another whole preach. But I think there's some good truth for us right now. Are you content with what you have? Are you not pursuing things that have irrelevance when it comes to understanding what life's really about. And then God says this, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Verse 6, So we say with confidence, with confidence, the Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Verse 7, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Love that. Remember them, those who spoke the word of God. Didn't have good concepts, good theories, good ideas. They spoke the Word of God. And I think today, more than ever, we need the Word of God preached, spoken. I love even in this time, in this season, how many people are online watching and listening. People who would never attend a church, who would never listen to the Word of God, are hearing the Word. But we better make sure it is the Word of God that's going out. Because that's what we have to be following. And God is watching over His Word. But He goes on and He says, Remember them, those who spoke the Word of God, to consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. What a challenge for leaders. What a challenge for, uh, for me as a leader, certainly for your elders as leaders in this church, for anyone who's a leader around the world today. What a challenge that we're going to stick to God's plan, we're going to live in faith, and in actual fact, we're telling people to imitate the way of, our way of life. 
to remember us. Now that's awesome, but I want to say, not to downplay the need for leaders, but interesting that leaders are simple people. They're good people, but they're still humans. And while we to imitate their faith, we need to understand the next verse, which to me is the, the verse that pops out of this whole text. It's more important than everything. In verse 8, the writer says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. Remember your leaders imitate their faith? But Jesus Christ is the one who never changes. He is the one that we put our faith in. He is the one who never changes. He's the same before this coronavirus kicked in. He's the same during this coronavirus. And He's going to be the same when we come out of this coronavirus lockdown and into the next season and the next challenge. He will never change. He cannot change. And my friends, that's the certainty for us in the season yeah. of uncertainty. Yeah. That Jesus Christ cannot change. And never, did, I think back never before, we need to hear this truth again. Be reminded, not just in our heads and in our, in our ears, but in our hearts and our revelation. Yeah. That Jesus Christ cannot change, does not change, will not change. Because there's such ramifications for us right now. In the uncertainty of the certain of how certain Christ is and how unchanging He is, I love this verse because it showcases, I think, often the most neglected but very vital doctrine of the immutability of Jesus Christ. In simple terms, this means that Jesus Christ Almighty has never changed, can never change, and will never change. He is by His very nature unchangeable. Yeah. Meaning again, just want to kind of bring it down to our level, my level, to make it as simple as I can. He is as powerful as ever. He is as loving as ever. He is as merciful as ever. He's as full of grace as ever. He's as holy and as much in control right now as he's, as he's ever been. Now I know it's difficult at times, certainly in a time like this, to believe that, but we've got to believe that. And, and here's the thing I want to say about the immutability of Jesus, the unchanging nature of Jesus, why this doctrine is so important. Because if Jesus was able to change, then Jesus would cease to be God. Because change implies imperfection. We are all changing because we're becoming more like Him. But if He were to change, it would imply He's not perfect, which would then tell us He's not God. And then, friends, we have no future, no hope. Yeah. But the good news is Jesus cannot change, will not change, because He is perfect. And in this season, we need to understand the immutability of Jesus, the unchanging nature of Christ, because it has huge ramifications even in the season for us. He's still God, and He will always be God. Yeah. It's one of the essential doctrines of our faith. Why? As I said, because change implies imperfection. And Jesus is absolutely perfect. Therefore, He cannot ever change. I love it. Revelation chapter 1 in verse 8, it says, I, Jesus is like, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. He never changes. He even says that about Himself. So Jesus is absolutely Unchangeable, and, and that's a great truth. And you say, "Well, what does that mean for us?" Well, it means a whole lot because if he's unchanging as uh, in his nature, if he's immutable, there's the unchanging nature of Christ. It means that he's unchanging in regard to some things. And, and I want to share just five or six of those this morning with you 
Because I think it's incredibly exciting in a time and a season like this to know this, so we can stick to the mandate, stick to the task, stick to what God's called us to do with absolute surety, not wait to come out of this coronavirus. If I could just challenge us quickly and say, friends, we, there's a big, a lot of churches and a lot of people, a lot of followers of Jesus are, are quoting uh, Joshua chapter 3, which is a great text of crossing the Jordan and going into the promised land. I love that story too. And, and there's, a, there's a statement in there where Joshua says, consecrate yourselves and watch what God's going to do. But he goes on and says, because we've never been this way before. God's going to go before us because we've never been this way before. And that's true. And, and I think it's a good thing that we've never been this way before. But there's a difference between what they were facing and what we're facing is this. While we've never been this way before, we know what God's called us to do. We can't mix the two and throw our hands up in the air and say, we don't know what we're doing, we're not sure what we're supposed to be about, because we've never been this way before. Yes, we've never been this way before, but we know what we've been called to do. We know the what of what we've been called. And I believe there are some changes that are coming, even in the church, even in our great city, in our great nation, of the hows we do some of what we do. He's changing. The ways are changing, but not the what. So don't mix the two and throw your hands up in the air and think we don't know what we're supposed to do. God is in absolute control. And I'm absolutely convinced nothing's changed in the what. So in the what we've been called to will not change if we've been doing what God's called us to. And that's why this is so important to understand the unchanging nature of Christ. Because it has ramifications for us even in the what. And what we expect, what we're being called to, we need to keep doing. And so we're going to look at some of these things. Yeah. Good. So here's the thing. Jesus is absolutely unchangeable. So what does that mean? Well, Jesus will never change in regard to, number one, to his position. His position. We've often said that when we understand his position, we get to understand our position. That's why the position of Christ is so important for us. We've got to know this because when he is seated, we're seated with him. Hebrews chapter 1, we just flicked over to the first few verses of Hebrews chapter 1. Maybe we can quickly look at one of the two of these verses. Go to Hebrews chapter 1, and in verse 1 it says this. Hebrews chapter 1. It says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days He spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom... He made the universe. And let me just pause and say, in the past, God spoke in various ways to different prophetic people, to prophets, to circumstances, and whatever else He did in the past. But in these last days, nowadays, He's spoken in finality. And His final word is His Son. He's spoken through Jesus Christ. That's how important Christ is in everything we are and everything we do. It goes on and it says, verse 3, this is the, the highlight I want to make speaking about the position of Christ. It says, the Son, speaking of Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. And after He had provided purifications for our sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. There is conclusiveness about this statement. What does it mean to say He sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. Well, let me tell you what it means. It means, number one, confirmation. Jesus is who He says that He is. He is the eternal Son of God. He is the creator of the universe. He is the only mediator between God and man. There is no other 
way to the Father, but through Jesus Christ. Yeah. He said that, He declared that, and He proved it by where He's seated. He's confirmed. He's the only one who's been seated in that place. And that's essential for us. And if you're watching this morning, and you don't know Jesus Christ, and you're trying to find your way to the Father, let me tell you, there is no other way. Jesus has done it, and He's proven it, and He's shown it, and all we have to do is come to Him, and there will be a moment for you to have an opportunity Bible show, Lord, and lead you through you know, after us preach. But I want to tell you this, friends. He proved that there are a lot of good people saying a lot of good things and doing a lot of good things. But Jesus said it, He did it, and He proved it by seeing that when He's seated where no one else has been placed there. Only mediated between God and man. He is the only one who governs the creator order, or created order, by the power of His word. He proved that. You know, uh, there's often in Scripture, if you read it and understand the Bible, read through some of the New Testament, the story of Jesus, the Gospels, Jesus often spoke about the I Ams, and He declared who He is. And I love, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, the life. He spoke about Himself of the I Ams. And they are, they are declarations that are fact. Here's the thing. He doesn't want us to make Him that because He's already there. Uh, whether we acknowledge it or not doesn't change the fact that he is that. Yeah. And he proved himself to that. And the way we respond to that has a whole lot of ramifications for our life, but it doesn't change anything about the truth of Jesus is those things. Why? Because of where he's seated. He's confirmed that by what we just read in Hebrews chapter 1 and in verse 3. So, firstly, his position, this thing we realize is that he's seated where he is, that confirms he is what he says he is. Another thing about this, he has completed his work, his job. His earthly mission is finished. When he sits, sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, what it is saying is he, 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 his earthly mission, two things, friends, is complete as well as successful. What he has done is finished. The finished work of the cross. We just celebrated a couple of weeks ago the resurrection of Christ, the death and the resurrection. Where it comes to this Easter celebration. I want to tell you, that has ramifications for us every day. Not on Easter, every single day. But when Jesus said, Tetelesta on the cross, shouted out those famous words, it is finished. What he was saying is, the work for redemption and salvation is finished. It's been done. Christ paid and paid in full. Nothing or no one has to do anything because he's done it all. And we simply get to receive it. Accepted or rejected. That's where salvation kicks in. So it's complete. If there was something more to be done, Jesus would have to do it. But it's done. He said finished. So it's complete, which is good news. His early mission is done. But also it's successful for us. Not just did he do it, he succeeded. The Father has accepted that for us. And we get the freedom of coming to him and having absolute surety it is done, it is finished. His early mission is over. Another thing that scripture tells us is that he has conquered his enemies. He's overcome his enemies. And we need to hear that in a season like that. We're talking about when he's positioned. His position doesn't change. He has conquered his enemies, friends. It doesn't mean we don't face trials here on this planet. It doesn't mean we don't face things like this coronavirus. But at the end of the day, he's conquered his enemy. He's overcome it. Jesus did not escape death. He conquered it. He opened the way to heaven for all who were dead. Escaped. He took it on and he won the victory. Now right. this picture, forgive me for a moment, dream with me, where Jesus is seated, we just read it, he's sitting 
and he's in, he, he's in full kind of uh, aware of his success of what he's done in that completion of the work. And he sees it while the devil is roaming around to and fro to try and thwart or mess up what Jesus has done. And Jesus is so confident in his finished work that he's not worried about what the devil's trying to do. He sees it how the devil's messing, trying to mess up. Don't let him mess up what he, God has done for you. Don't get caught up in all that stuff. Find some freedom in what Jesus has done. Jesus is confident in his victory. While Satan works furiously in vain, attempt to oppose and prevent the eternal plans of God, he cannot if we won't allow him because Jesus is absolutely confident in his victory. You know, I know people get mad at me, probably in a season like this, it's easier to get even more mad at these things. But victory, unfortunately, in Christianity, has become something that's a little bit abnormal. We, we don't find too many people living in victory because it's become abnormal. But actually, if you understand what Jesus has done, then victory in our lives as followers of Jesus should become a normal thing. It doesn't mean easy. There's a difference between victory and, and easy. But we should find victory. We should get people living in victory. Not, not, not obviously uh, escaping, kind of losing our jobs and income and maybe even getting sick and none of those things. But we are a victorious people. And if we're followers of Christ, believing in the finished work of the cross, then I think we should be far more victorious in more, in more situations rather than be fighting an admiral to find victory. I think we're going to get back to everyday Christianity because none of us are because of Jesus Christ. It's abnormal, I believe, for a follower of Jesus or a believer in Christ not to live in a place of victory. I think it is. Anyway, another thing about his position from Hebrews chapter 1, we read that he's crowned. He's above all powers. He's been crowned Lord of all. You know, as Jesus sits at the Father's right hand, he exerts his power on all creation in accordance with the Father's will and desire. And I believe this is not inactivity. He is ruling. And I know that even there's some questions that I have around this whole virus and how and what about, but I want to tell you this. Jesus Christ is in absolute control. He's yeah. in full control. There are questions I don't know. I don't believe God sent this. And I know someone say he did. I believe God allowed it because God allows things, but he didn't send this. And in it all, he's still ruling, he's in full control, he knows exactly what he's doing. And this lockdown hasn't brought him or God, he knows this was coming. And he's actually working behind the scenes to get his church right and strengthened and on the right things that he's called us to. And he's using these things to grow us up, to become mature, so we can actually be better followers of Jesus. You know how interesting when you read the book of Revelation? And I know that Jesus came as the lamb to this slaughter, honestly. Without him coming, and I love that he gave his life. He, no one took his life. He allowed creation to take his life. Those that he created, he allowed them to take his life. He didn't, they didn't take it, he gave it to them. But what's amazing about that is that he came as the lamb to the slaughter. That's what the Bible says. He, he was slain, slaughtered on our behalf. He was killed on our behalf. But when Jesus Christ comes back, let me say this to you. He's not coming back as the lamb to the slaughter. He's coming back as the triumphant king. He's coming back as the righteous judge. And he's coming back as the loving bride. And so again, to highlight again, Jesus Christ cannot change in regard to his position. When he's seated, he'll stay seated, will always be seated. And even in this downtime of what we're facing, know this Jesus Christ will not change. Secondly, he's unchanging in his, in his power. In his power. This is important for us to understand again this morning in light of this lockdown and this unknown and the uncertainty. Jesus' power never changes. 
In Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He said, He's been given all authority. Some way God gave him all authority. And here's the reality. God's never taken that authority back. It is this continuance of all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, we've got to understand that, even in a season like this, that Jesus Christ has been given all authority, all power, and that power has never ceased, even in a season like this, where perhaps we struggle. He has been given power. That word power comes from the Greek word exousia. We get our word exude from this word. This word literally means physiologist, power of choice. Jesus has been given power of choice, liberty of doing as one pleases. That's what he's been given. It also speaks of physical and mental power, the ability or strength with which one is endued. It also, which he either possesses or exercises, the power of authority, which is influence, and the right of privilege, the power of rule or government. I love that. Universally, authority of all mankind. Jesus Christ has been given all authority. So simply stated, Jesus is all-powerful and is never going to change in His power. Notice that Jesus, as I said earlier, had been given this power. This means that at some point in the past, God the Father gave Jesus His power and His authority to that gift. And, and, and that, this gift is ongoing power even into the future. In other words, it is God's will that Jesus possessed all power in heaven and on earth and nothing can change this fact. Yeah. That's not exciting for us. He has created power. Jesus is the agent of creation. Go read John chapter 1, verse 3. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Please go read those texts. This is good truth to get us, getting us again. Now this is the same power that's working in and around us. We love to point Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is in work within us. Here's the thing about that scripture. That is why we can say with all assurance that Jesus is able because he has creative power. He's been given. He has redemptive power. Jesus, the author and the finisher, or the perfecter of our faith, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 tells us, I want to tell you, he'll never lose his saving power. What a time to save people. What a time to see America saved. And this nation looking for reality. And Jesus has the power to save all peoples. He has protective power. Uh, Jesus is still the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, he tells us, I am the good shepherd. He's still the good shepherd today. He will care for the sheep until they arrive safely. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5. Psalm 23, the Lord promises to care for his sheep in an incredible way, friends. So I want to say to you, he has protective power. So Jesus Christ, the Lord, is unchanging in his position. He's unchanging secondly in his power. Third, Jesus Christ is unchanging in regard to our purpose, His purpose and His plan. And this is probably what I want to highlight for us as the church this morning. These other truths are awesome, but we've got to stick to the plan of God. We've got to stick to what it is God's called us to do, even in downtown, even in lockdown. This gospel is still going up. The vision of the church hasn't changed. It has changed that it's never been from God, but it hasn't changed. And I know the vision of this church because we connected with you guys and we know what God's called you to. And I want to remind you this morning, even though you've been locked out, stuck at home, the vision doesn't change. We need to provide fresh ways and new strategies. Because of the unchanging nature of Christ, He's unchanging in regard to His plans and His purposes. 
Yeah. I just quickly go read Isaiah chapter 46, verse 8 to 11. Let me read it quickly. It says, Remember this, keep it in mind, and take it to heart. Verse 9 of Isaiah 46. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Verse 10. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand. And I'll do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey. From the far off land a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said. This is God speaking. What I have said. That will I bring about. What I have planned. That will I do. God is not changing plans. Or purpose. Because of coronavirus and lockdown. The plans and the purposes of God stand now, maybe some of what we're involved in has to change. Well, guess what? Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes that prevail. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you, God's got this, not just as a cliche, but truth and fact, because of where Christ is seated and because of His unchanging nature. And so for this church, for you guys at Impact Rock, I want to encourage you to stick to God's plan. Don't change things up. Don't change who you are. Don't try to become someone else. Be careful who you're listening to as a church right now and stick to the plans of God because they haven't changed. We're just changing some of the ways. I know we've never been this way before, but remember, we know where we go because God's made it very clear through Scripture. Jeremiah 29, everyone quotes this, I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you, not the plans you have for yourself. I have for you, God. It's plans to give you a hope and a future to prosper and all that. But again, friends, it's not linked to God blessing us. It's us serving God's plans and His purposes. Good. And they've never changed. They will never change. I want to tell you, God's plans and purposes for us are not on pause right now through the coronavirus shutdown. He is still working. He's in absolute control. We've had prophetic words come even to us about what God's doing even within our ranks and that and it's while many, one of them that came recently was this, while many say chaos, the Lord says convergence. Hmm. To keep our focus on Him and what He is doing powerfully in this time. Hmm. While this is a sobering time, the word came that the Lord wants to open our eyes to stay in faith and connect with what He's doing. He's doing things in this time and in this season. We may be in shutdown with the coronavirus situation, but God says, do not be in a spiritual shutdown. And then someone sent me this, the aftermath of this time. And this is what they said, the aftermath. It will be the church's finest hour. It will be the church shaken free from self, from possessions, from affections, from idols. It will be the church anointed and equipped for this time and season. The world will be different. A divine opportunity to rise and shine and gather the glorious harvest of souls. As the world rebuilds, the church will be central and hearts will be open to receive. God is in full control. And I want to say to you this morning, the purposes and the plans of God have not stopped. You know, I've often thought about Paul being locked up in prison, the Apostle Paul. He must have thought in that moment, what is going on? I'm locked up. I'm in lockdown. I'm I'm, I'm chained. I don't get to get out there and preach this gospel. I'm actually put in prison because of this gospel. But you know what he does? He finds a way in God to write down and pen what God's called him to. And he gets the message out in a different way. And we now have the New Testament, most of it written by a man, locked up. God had a plan in lockdown of getting his gospel done, his purposes and plan. And then friends, I want to tell you, in this lockdown, God's still doing stuff, still making it happen. 
And I trust that you'll be inspired, not because I say this, because of where Jesus is seated and because of his unchanging nature, his purposes and plans will never change. The ways are changing, but not the what. Don't forget that. Quickly, as I try and bring this to an end, the fourth thing is the promises of God do not change. This is probably, again, one of the most exciting for all of us, and we're all claiming the promises of God right now, like never before, if we are honest. But in Romans 4, verse 21, it says that being fully persuaded that God has had power to do what He had promised. And, and I love that word, that promise. is in the perfect tense in the Greek. This corresponds to the perfect tense in English. And it describes an action which is viewed as having been completed in the past. Mm. Once and for all. Not needing to be repeated. So again, to put it very simply, what does that mean for us? When Jesus makes a promise, yeah. He has no need to repeat Himself. Mm. But His promises are good forever. He doesn't have to keep saying the same thing to promise us the same thing like we do with our children or what we do with our friends. When he says it, he doesn't have to keep saying it because when he said it, it's going to happen. He doesn't change his promises. And so there are some precious promises that you and I can trust God for. These are things in which the Lord will not change in his mind. And I want to just highlight two. The promise of provision and the promise of protection. Now listen, when I say provision, it doesn't mean you're going to get everything you want. Because that's not what God said. But I do believe this downtime, this lockdown, I realize that some of you possibly, very rarely, have lost your jobs. Maybe you've got no income right now. And I, and I mean, we want to try and help out where we can. But this I want to tell you, God has got this. Yeah. Because God promises, even in lockdown, I will provide. Not give you what you want, but I will provide for your needs. Now can I say this, friends? If we... God wants to provide for our needs. Why do we question when we get to a place of having needs? Because if we don't have needs, yeah. then God can't provide. So sometimes God allows us to get a place of need where God then says, now I can provide because you've always got and you don't need God to provide. So again, I, I'm trying to see the good in what we're facing right now, but the promise of God is provision. And how do you believe that? If we're going to just live life today based on what we've got, Based on what's happening now, they're not going to live in the past and first of God. We have to trust God and never before. But He's trustworthy because of His unchanging nature. His promises, I will provide for you. I will give you what you need when you need it. And I believe we can trust God for that. We will sense that. Also, His protection. And I know this is a big deal, and this coronavirus is a real thing. It's not just a fake thing. People have been sick. We've had a, even some of our family members catch this disease, this virus, and it's hectic and it's radical and it's a real thing. But in saying that, God protected the rest of our family from it, and my son got absolutely healed quickly. And what I want to say is that we can trust God for His protection in us. Yeah. Not just to keep us safe, but to protect us in it and through it, and while we're doing what He's called us to do. We can do that because of, of Jesus Christ. Another thing quickly, as I'm bringing it to an end, but uh, Jesus Christ, because of His unchanging nature, then it's in regard also to His personality. Jesus' personality has not changed, does not. I love that Jesus Christ will never change in anything, including personality. And as I said earlier, A.W. Tozer said, In myself, nothing, but in Christ, everything. Yeah. Therefore, any attributes that he possessed in the beginning, he still possesses today. And he will possess them into eternity. That which he was, he is, and he will ever be. Therefore, his personality will never change. He doesn't have good days and bad days. He's not having a bad day because of coronavirus. 
He's not having a bad day when I'm having a bad day. When I go to God, He's not having a bad day. I'm not having to worry about how He is with me. He never changes. He's not. He doesn't have personality update. He doesn't have mood swings. All of us do, unfortunately, but He doesn't. So we can always go to Him with confidence. Always go to Him. Like he's never changed. He's the same God who loves us and He's connected to Him. He is love. It is personality. 1 John 4 verse 8. He is love and you and I are the object of His love. He is light. John 8 from verse 12. By His very nature, Jesus is light, still light. He is the light and He will always be the light. He is the light in his, in his personality. John 14 verse 6, John 1 verse 4. Jesus is not just another life. He is the life. That's right. He yeah. is life and he'll right. always be life. He's the creator of life and he is the sustainer of life. And with all that, he'll never change. He is Lord. Talk about his personality. He is Lord. No one makes Jesus Lord of their life. He's already Lord of yeah. everything and yeah. everyone, whether you acknowledge it or not. He doesn't change in his personality. He is Lord, and he will yeah. always be Lord. But you and I need to make him Lord of our lives. Yeah. Even if we want to acknowledge it, he's still Lord. Okay. The last thing I want to say to you, my friends, is that Jesus Christ, and it's a difficult word, but I'm sticking with my alliteration, he doesn't change in his passion. I want to highlight two things in his passion. He's passionate, number one, about his people, his church. I think for me, in all of this, I've really sensed the favor and the passion and the pleasure of God for his people and Jesus' love for his church. Mm-hmm. In all of this. Maybe you feel unloved. Maybe you feel like, gee, what's, what's happening? God's abandoning me. I want to tell you, Jesus loves his church. He's passionate. Yeah. He's coming back, not for the whole world, he's coming back for his people, his church. And Revelation chapter 19 verse 7 tells us that he's coming back as a, as a bridegroom for his bride. And he's coming back and there's a celebration that I just I want to say to you, friend, you might feel alone, you might feel isolated, you might feel like I'm longing together with my friends and that, and we all are. But even in this time, even online team, church and all that, Jesus Christ's love for us hasn't changed. He's more passionate about us today than he's ever been, I believe. And that's not changing in light of what that is. And we need to know we love. It's hard to love others if we don't know we love. Jesus loves us regardless of where we at and what we're involved in. So number one, he loves his church. He's passionate about his church. I feel like he wants you to know that today. Mm-hmm. He's passionate about you. But secondly, he's also has a passion for the lost. People who are not saved. Yeah. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19 verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He came to find the lost, and he came to save the lost. That was his mission here on earth. Not just to judge, not to come and bring correction and review. He came to seek you and to find you. He died for you, and he's passionate. What a time and a season for us to see the gospel going out, and for the harvest to come in America. And again, maybe you're watching, you don't know Jesus. Jesus died for you, friend, and he wants to save you. So then we land with this, and then hand it back to Mark. How do we respond to this? Well, I want to just challenge you at Rock Church, and I know there are other people watching, but I'm speaking to this church right now, the privilege of speaking to your life and your future, and say this, number one, stay close. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? Well, stay close to God. Yeah. To stay the obvious, we need to be pressing into God like never before. Make sure you're connecting with God first in everything you're about, and even in lockdown, and when this thing is done, forget God, press in and create some habits now that you're going to proceed forward in. Like stay close to God. Secondly, if I can be bold enough, stay close to your leaders. Stay close 
to, to Mike and to Andy and to the elders and press in. Don't wait for them just to press into you. I ask you, please, friend, this is your church. Press in, connect with them. One of the prophetic words that we got was that people are isolated, they, which is what this, this, this long time, downtime to the bad is isolating us. When you're isolated and you're not pressing in, it's easier to get taken out. Be careful, not to be in fear, but reach out to your leaders. Press in and stay connected. Even if you can't meet together like this, we can still stay connected. So it's up to you, not just there, to go after you. Press in, stay close to your leadership in this season. Be careful what you're listening to out there. I'm not saying don't listen. Now I want to say listen to what God's saying to your church, your people, to your leaders. If this is where God has you. Because when we come out of this, we're going to be on the same page going where God's called us to go. Yeah. So stay close to your leaders. And can I say stay close to each other? Um, now, I, I think this is a hard, hard thing to say, but it's some truth is that probably pastors have been praying for this situation. And what I mean by that is every leader of the church prays for the priesthood to be priests. And in a sense, right now, this is what we face is that everybody's going to take care of everybody. And so I want to just say, stay close to each other. Be a priest, press into others, look for others, look to others, and stay close to each other. Secondly, stay in the Scriptures. I know that sounds obvious, but I want to tell you, be careful what you're filling yourself with, what you're reading. Uh, I'm not saying be, be, be fearful, but be mindful of what you do. Scripture, feast on the Scriptures. Daily fruit of promise is what we see. Somebody said, if you feed your faith, and your fears will starve to death. And that's what we need, some fear God and faith. So, A.W. Tozer said this, Satan's greatest weapon is man's ignorance to God's word. What mm-hmm. a time for the devil to be playing with us if we don't understand the word of God. So put yourself with God's word. Stay saturated in the presence of God. Friends, we don't have to be together to be full of the Holy Spirit. You can be on your own connecting with God. But stay saturated in His presence. And stay step with the Holy Spirit. When you filled with Him, He guides you, He walks with you. And I want to encourage you to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, stay alert. Where is God and where are you? Where are we? Where is God? God's not coming to where we are. We're going to keep moving with where God is. So stay alert. And lastly, stay away. What do I mean by that? Stay away from distractions. Yeah. It's hard to be we can be distracted in this season, but many are because we're getting into lockdown and just allow. And now we're becoming distracted. We're so busy with doing stuff that we stay connected to God. Stay away from distractions. Stay away from people who are doubting. I mean, again, love them. But don't surround yourself and listen to doubters. And lastly, stay away from philosophy. Love them from a distance. But don't create division in a season like this. Because I believe we're coming through this. Part of this is convergence. To get us stronger together. So be careful that not people out there who are dividing us. Because this church is strong. You are strong. You might not be allowed to meet in the building now, but you're a strong church. And I want to tell you, when you come out of this, you're going to walk in greater things if we do the things God's called us to. So I leave that with you and say, friends, it's been a privilege just to share some of these truths with you this morning. We pray for you guys a whole lot um, as a local church and for your leadership. And I do want to just encourage you to just keep this revelation for yourself. Understand how important it is. Nothing changes even when everything else is changing. Make sure that which shouldn't change does not change. And may God keep you safe and protect you. And let me hand that to Mark. Thank you, Mark, for the incredible opportunity. Well, bless you. And Mark's going to give you an opportunity to actually receive Jesus. Thank you for your time. God bless you.